1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? I'm doing good, Shad.
0: I'm doing good.
1: I'm glad to hear it, and I'm glad each and every one of you out there that has tuned this podcast in is with us for this episode. We're going to get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That is the number four, capital C in Corners, capital P and Podcast. Save 10% off your order. And then for our other shout-out, we go to Matt.
2: Yeah, that'd be, be to uh, Orlando Cologne. Um, Orlando Colon did not talk about his family and then start crying like uh, like <laughs> other people did. Or at the drop of a hat does, that, that sounds
1: like a segue. You it
0: know, is a segue. I have to say... Um, he really needs to update his actor. Those WWE fans are gonna turn on him real quick.
2: It's so it's it's probably okay for the moment because people it, there's not exactly like a ton of crossover between between AEW and WWE, but people did put a side by side, and it's like this Cody literally went out on and Raw and cut the same promo that he cut in AEW like weeks. Before weeks earlier to the point where people put them like clips of them side by side and the dude even did the same like facial mannerisms and the whole fake cry it's uh it's something
0: oh god so i mean i think the thing though is i mean they're different fan bases but i think that horse crap's gonna wear thin on wwe fans
1: We shall see. Just for some context, everybody, it is the weekend after WrestleMania 2022, whatever number it is. I don't know. Was it 38? Okay. And um, so tonight we are going to have a little bit of Mania talk, and then we're going to go into our main topics. But uh, just to get some of it, yes, yes, Seth Rollins' mystery opponent was not just Cody Rhodes. But it was full bore, top to bottom, everything from AEW, Cody Rhodes. Adrenaline in my soul, I got my elevator back, Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: is that is that WWE admitting like AEW just did better with him?
1: I think that it was part of Cody's contract to say, I'm keeping the same music, I'm keeping the same entrance, I'm keeping the same – get like." Apparently his contract is really complicated and if it was all because of licensing like the music and all that kind of stuff, that would make sense. I, I
0: have to admit though, if if um I'm glad he kept the music because he would have instantly lost something with some generic crap they would have so out for him.
2: I agree. And yet I I don't know why they have kept the music, because if you actually pay attention to the lyrics of kingdom and people have brought this up so i'm not exactly this isn't like a, a a new point that i'm you know out of the out of my brain i'm pulling this up people have brought Hot it up take. <laughs> yeah it's like they if you actually look at the the lyrics for kingdom it's it's a fucking sorry i should probably not curse this i'm try, we're trying to make <laughs> with the new thing i'm trying to like not curse so that we can make a have a broader audience it is it's a total distract for the wwe it's a diss track. <laughs> Which makes it even funnier for him to have it there. Yeah, but it's like, it's, I like the music, like, but it's arguably, like, they should not let him have that music, because it's like, let me have this music from when I left, and it was talked about how, like, your uh, your promotion that that put me in chains and kept me down. And it's like, well, you just came back to them, <laughs> and they're, they're still, some for some reason, using your music.
0: The problem, too, with um, keeping AEW Cody is for as sick as I was of him, like, his character has way more nuance and subtleties to it than anything in WWE does. Like it's like um it's kind of like go, like something adult coming into like a child promotion. It's like something from the Attitude era like crashing into like 1992 WWF. Like he just doesn't fit. Yeah,
1: yeah it's uh, the the thing that I learned anyway was that if you are trying to do a gimmick that is too complicated or too nuanced, a lot of the crowd's not going to pick up on it. Um, you know, so there is a, a certain aspect of, you know, if you are trying too hard, they're not going to pick up what you put down. So we'll have to see how it goes over. But, yeah, Cody comes out there. He Seth's like, "Who's it gonna be?" And Seth's pacing around in the ring. He's pacing around in the ring, and the lights go out, and the crowd starts can- chanting, "Cody, Cody, Cody!" And then this is the thing that shocked me: that he got to keep. If you heard the line, "Professional wrestling has more than one royal family," and then the mute I was like, "They let him like for some reason." I'm shocked that they let him keep that. Um and then Cody and Seth, oh Seth <clears throat> freaking Rollins, because they didn't drive that into the ground already. Again, got twenty one, twenty two minutes about, and had to be honest, a pretty darn good match. Um, you know I'm not gonna hate on it. <laughs> that was pretty darn good. So, you know, good job I, guys.
2: I have not outside of clips. I have not seen any anything from this. Uh, either both heights so i'll take your word for it that it's a good match and a lot of people have said it was a good match so i'll um, uh,
1: let me preface i think i'm the only one that actually watched much at all of this mm -hmm. live out of the devotion to you listeners out there (laughs) i i was having this conversation with a friend of mine through discord while i was watching it and i said I feel like I need to. This is not even a promotion that I particularly enjoy, but I need to. He goes, "Sir, are you fashioning so yourself as kind of a journalist?" I said, "No, I'm I'm some dweeb who talks. I, you know, I am a <laughs> I'm a ca- Caucasian middle aged male. I'm on a podcast, so I feel some <laughs> compulsion to watch it, even though there was quite a bit I didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: um, Cody, and- can we have a Kind of a question here. What was um, if you had to put a ratio to it, like a percentage, what was your like to dislike? Would it be safe to say you liked twenty five percent and hated seventy five percent of Mania?
1: I'm gonna look down the list real quick, um, so I can try and give you a percentage.
0: But I heard Night Two was just absolutely wretched <clears throat> from top to bottom. Like
2: that. I, okay. yeah, I heard people much preferred Night One. I heard but Night like, One. Night 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 one was less schmas. Knoxville is
0: the best thing on night two. Uh, I'll
1: I'll get to that that one real quick. I'm looking night one. I didn't actually get to dial in until midway through Bianca versus Becky,
2: and they did fine. Um, Really? Because there are people who are saying that not only was that like the the best match of best WWE match of the weekend. But there are people who are saying, like, oh, my God, best women – North American women's match of the year. Well, I'll admit that
1: that my feed was a little bit choppy, so I wasn't getting the full thing. But, you know, it's hard because Becky Lynch as a heel, people still want to like her. Mm. And you're splitting your face crowd between Becky and Bianca that way. And then apparently on Raw last night, they're still doing stuff. It's like, get, get get them away from each other. If you've put the title on Bianca, let there be a new story. Let Bianca be, you know, put her with a heel that everybody will hate instead of undermining her by keeping the story going. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't, I, I, th- I think calling it the best <laughs> North American women's match is really not great praise because I can't think of anything in North America that's been particularly good this year.
1: Well, they they weren't saying this year. They were some people are crowing
2: all time, aren't they? Uh,
0: Fuck. That. No, that's not better. yeah. Than Britt that's Baker and so like sorry Yeah, that's
2: that's like hyperbole. That's yeah. Like, I, I, I
0: would I would find it hard to believe that that's better than um the Becky Charlotte match at Evolution <clears throat> from a couple years ago or um mm-hmm. Bailey Sasha Banks from, NXT um, yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Saying even like that's the best women's match in the WWE history, like I don't know even about no, that. That doesn't but, work. Uh, if if people want to say it's the best of this year, again I have not seen it, so it is certainly possible. And from all the things that I have read or heard from people, like it was supposed, it was a good match. That's what people are saying, and it probably was. So it is. You know. I,
1: I one thing I can say with absolute certainty mm-hmm. is it is better than the last. Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, um, big pay-per-view match I yeah. saw between the two Before, of them. Um, yeah. Because no it went 19 list. times as long.
0: I also, <laughs> I also, I know those people, I know most people on wrestling Twitter are dumb and haven't seen a lot, but I would find it hard to believe that that's better than that all Japan women's match from like 95 or something that was on like a random pay-per-view that's like off the wall amazing.
2: Oh, in the um, WWF yeah. when it was the WF before they moved over to WWE. Yeah. Oh yeah, they you would get that both W both WCW back in the day and and for a brief period of time the WWF slash WWE would do that right. They had some Japanese talent that came over and had like like shockingly good matches, but it never it didn't last long. It didn't last more than like it seems like a few weeks at a time. Uh, WCW because of their working relationship had more like. Uh, I want to say New Japan people. I, I, New Japan didn't really have a women's division, right? No. They had. They had. They, they had a. They had a, a, a. Like a women's organization that they were. I felt like associated with.
0: They, they, Japan's never really done like the, the three ring circus approach, other than FMW.
1: Uh, I, I guess that works for them, but I, I do like the three ring circus approach because then. If you get tired of it, you know something different going to come soon. But just to run down what I saw first night, Bianca Becky looked good for what I got to see. Cody and Rollins had a really good match. Uh, even if – and I'm not sure who the announcer – this Jonathan Coachman and guy. Was it, it was Byron a, Saxon? No, it wasn't. Uh, I don't think so. But the guy, it was like a two or three to one ratio of him saying Seth freaking Rollins as opposed to just Seth Rollins. Like for every time he just said Rollins name, he had two or three times he said Seth freaking Rollins instead. And I was like,
0: his nickname
1: I'm, because I'm going to like I'm going to take a pencil and drive it through your hand into the desk just so you'll you'll quit saying that. Oh, has was,
0: anyone in, has anyone in wrestling history had more dumb nicknames than Seth Rollins?
2: Probably not. Uh, was it Jimmy Smith?
1: Uh, does he sound like Jonathan Coachman on commentary?
2: I I mean I barely watch any of the WWE. Yeah. A, a it, it might have been. It Jimmy might Smith have been. is the guy who used to do um, MMA uh, commentating, and then they hired him uh, not quite a year ago.
0: They, they got, it, it was like, probably they, him. Because remember they they had that legitimate sportscaster, and he like went insane and like ran away after like eight. Months. <laughs> and then I think they got this guy. Uh,
2: Ad Adnan Verk.
0: Yeah. He was actually wow. decent. Yeah, he didn't last long. He was yeah. actually decent, but they, I think, Vince like drove him nuts, and he's probably in like an asylum somewhere, just going like, say the say the line.
1: That's got <sighs> shit. Um, Charlotte versus Rhonda. I did not care for. Um. Number one, it could never get a rhythm going because they kept having to do cut. At one point, they blacked the screen out for 10 seconds because apparently Charlotte kept having wardrobe malfunctions. I thought, they, I thought the women taped all that stuff. And, uh, you know, they might have, and it just, for whatever reason, didn't work. But um,
0: That's got to be awful if you're Charlotte, that, like, your stuff's just coming out in front of, like, 50,000 people. Yeah, that can't be great. I well, there's some, like... And the worst part is, you know there's like some creep in the um in like the, the second row that's just taken like 200 pictures and it
1: is... I'm gonna I'm gonna upload them later and share them with the world um the <laughs> the thing that the other thing that really soured me because flair and Rhonda had 18 and a half minutes
0: oh my god they never Why would they put Ronda in that
1: long of a match? I don't know, but this was not... like They're doing all this, and they're trying desperately to... They couldn't get a rhythm going, and then the finish... Oh my god, I hated the finish so much. Because um, I can't remember exactly, but something happens to bump Charles Robinson. And since it's a WWE ref, if you accidentally intentionally make... Light contact with them, then they have been shot until, yeah, and and fall to the ground dead.
0: That's the thing, Shad. I I found out. I found some secret documents in the WWE, and when um when you get hired by WWE, they actually abduct you for six months and do secret scientific experiments. So all WWF referees are fifty percent feigning goat. I thought. <laughs>
1: I thought that that uh, they installed switches like on data from Star Trek. So if you hit it the right way, you just shut down. It used
0: to be like um, Player Uno back in the day had an NES controller on And
1: yeah, the pause button. Yeah. <laughs> but so Charles Robinson goes down and Rhonda hits the armbar and Charlotte's tapping like this is the first match. I remember where someone actually escaped the fully applied figure eight. But she hooks the armbar and Charlotte taps and the ref's not there. So, Rhonda goes to get the ref. (sighs) Like always happens in WWE. Never mind just laying there and cranking the armbar. And it's like, no, you're tapping. I'm staying here. Like, until something happens, she goes to get the ref. Charlotte is up, hits a big boot, and pins Rhonda off of a big boot. And I was just like, it's like letting air out. What? Just.
0: Was Rhonda dumb? The last time,
1: I didn't think so, but it, I don't know. It's it's.
0: Why would you? Pay, and also, why would you pay all that money to get her back and then job her at
1: Mania? It, right? Like, I, that's <laughs> the thing that I confused me so much. Is like, you've done all of this to bring Ronda in and build her up. Okay, why? Like, I thought it was a shoe in for her to win here and then, you know, have a reign for the t- time she's around. I don't understand this. Why wouldn't you, like,
0: have her win, go to SummerSlam, and have Charlotte win it back there if that's what you ultimately want to do?
1: Right? But that's not what we got.
0: So are they going to then rematch it and have her win it next pay-per-view? Because then you've, like, devalued her because she lost on the ba- – see, that's the thing they've done quite a bit that I hate is, like – Jobbing someone at Mania and then they win it on Raw or, like, at the next pay-per-view. And it's like, no, like, that's that's, that's wrong.
1: That's wrong, yeah. Yeah. I miss the days of Mania being the big reset. Like, now the storylines are done. The next night we're starting new stuff. Like, Maybe I miss those. Everything else now. Yeah. um yeah. And then the last thing of the night was uh, Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, which, to be honest... Oh, even even though it was the T-shirt and jean shorts, Austin, um, <laughs> they had a lot of fun. They did a really good job. Thumbs up to them. Um, the next night I
2: Harry was not was able the to. the worst stunner ever. No, that no, was not night one. No, that was the next night. Um, oh, God. Can I, can I add one thing about Charlotte uh, yeah. and Ronda? Yeah. Uh, Flair got a little bit of like people mocking him uh, because he like sent out a tweet, which at this point he's he. People should people who care about him should be like okay Rick don't don't go on social media anymore <laughs> uh, he kind of rehashes put his, down the Twitter Rick yes until he like rehabs his image a bit um, if that's possible but he he like was tweeting out afterwards where basically he made a tweet that said like oh my god Charlotte and Rhonda like best women's match in the I've ever seen it's like okay Rick it wasn't the best women's match of the night even Um Versus of all time, but, but you know, you kind of got to give him like a little bit of a break. Cause it's like, it's his daughter in a match. Yeah, like he's going
1: to, he's, he's shilling for his daughter yeah. and I get that. But on the other hand, dude, just, <laughs> just, you can say you loved it, but let's, let's not. Anyway, the next night I tuned in, I, I missed the opening, which was RK bro versus the street profits versus alpha Academy, which I understand was really good. Hmm but I didn't get to see it. Who gives
0: a shit those teams
1: have wrestled? Well, they have wrestled a lot, but Street Profits are fun to watch. Um, Apparently, Alpha Academy and RK-Bro had a really fun build to this point. And I like Otis, I like Gable. Like, the only people I don't like here are Orton and Riddle. (laughs) I like everybody else.
0: Mm. I have this mental block where every time I see Street Profits on, like, a result sheet, I'm like, wow, those guys still have jobs? Like, I'm shocked.
1: Dude, no, it, it like, yeah. Um, is it Montez Ford? That's Bianca's husband. Yeah, like that guy's super talented. But anyway, I didn't get to see that one. Um, apparently it was good. Didn't I came um, in. Didn't Gable Stevenson come out afterwards? Um, Gable and, Stevenson. There's no okay. n in the middle. Oh, I
2: see. For some G- reason. Gable Stevenson came out, and there was like a, I guess a thing between him and Chad Gable. I guess I don't. Uh, which caused people to um to kind of quip that like, oh, Chad Gable's gonna lose his name. He's gonna have two Gables again. Okay, <laughs> we can't have two Gables in so WWE. This, Can't be.
0: Is this one of those things that like people like Meltzer and all those like, wrestlings should the, wrestling was real at one point. Guys are gonna get like stiffies, and like everyone else is gonna just. Yawn because it's not going to be good and not get over.
2: I'm sure he would probably love because it's be like very you know very like Greco-Roman wrestling and people, guys showing off their moves. But uh, this was that was actually very controversial because Gable Steveson is very controversial. There's a lot of people out there who are not happy with him being signed, right, and getting a push for reasons that if you just Google his name and <laughs> you see why. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel like it's controversial but yeah
1: uh i came in during lashley almost Mm -hmm. and it confirmed two things for me number one lashley is capable in the ring we knew that and just how bad almost is almost is so bad he didn't properly feed into Lashley's spear for the finish let me say that differently Almost is so bad, he didn't stand facing the right direction for the finish, and they had to repeat the spot.
0: And you know what's the sad thing about that is he's better than um, Commander Aziz or Shanky.
1: Didn't Commander Aziz, like, forget how to pin somebody?
0: Yes. That, okay. We had that's, that discussion a couple weeks
1: ago. I had to successfully block it out. Um Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn, like on one hand, I wanted to be grumpy about this because it's like I didn't like the idea of Johnny Knoxville going out and having a wrestling match after having like a brain bleed from the last Jackass movie. But this wasn't anything goes match, and the thing that that finally clicked in my brain is this was not meant to be like. You know uh, your standard celebrity match. This was meant to be a funny, goofy, over the top, just spectacle. And you know what? They did a great job with that. It was fun to watch. It was like you you can turn your brain off and just laugh and get a kick out of it. Sami Zayn was the perfect guy into this because he fed everything perfectly. He fed Wee Man in a scoop slam. Yeah, and you know it was it was just big dumb fun, and that's great. So. Uh It was it's, fourteen and a half minutes of of just silly fun. I heard awesome. that
0: was I've heard more than one person say that was the only worthwhile thing on night two.
2: There there are a lot of people who actually have said that. Yeah, on Twitter it was very very well received. A lot of people talking about it. Um, a lot of people thought it was really fun. it's like a pretty much it's like a straight comedy match. Yeah. Um, I guess you know most of if not all of, like the jackass guys made an appearance and like did something it's, with Sami Zayn. Yeah, did something.
0: So, you know, that's um, the thing with that though, is like, okay, so you had him make that actually work. And mm-hmm. he will never get rewarded with like a main event push or like a title run. Even though he put in all that work for them to make their stupid idea actually good.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it, i I would be surprised if he was not holding in laughter over the course of that match, to be honest with you.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of uh of Sami Zayn, but he this entire feud and then this match, he has been just working his ass off, like <laughs> to make the comedy work. Yeah. Um, and actually, between this and what happened later on uh, in in the the show, I, there are people who are arguing, like with a straight face. It's like make the WWE a comedy promotion. Just have them do comedy. And it's like they're saying that, you know, tongue, somewhat tongue in cheek, but I can kind of see it. Like that, that they actually do well. Nowadays, at least, they do well with this, like, comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not really do so much with booking a lot of their serious stuff. But, you know, the comedy stuff, like, on this, it actually worked pretty well. Even, I guess, from the first, maybe from, like, know. the first night, too, they did the whole Ms. Logan Paul uh, Mysterios match, which that got people were just laying. It is it, it almost unfair because people were like, Logan Paul is, why is Logan Paul so much better than Dominic? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, oh, that's rough, but it's also yeah. not not entirely untruthful. Uh, from what I see, seen, that Logan one, Paul so. was pretty. Looks like he was pretty good, well, for like a guy who's that's his first match ever. Yeah. Um.
0: Let's Sonic's see. It's not good. So let's let's just. Because there was someone that said, ironically, that they're doing great and like listed. Who did they list as like their future because they all oh, they're all
1: Oh, their their future pillars. And it was like Dominic. Yeah.
0: It was um. It was Austin Theory. Who is Braun it? Breaker. Braun Breaker, which is a fair one, but they've already really screwed the pooch with him.
2: Yeah. Um. um I can't. Remember Gable, I think Gable Stevenson. Was it?
0: Yeah, but like yeah. okay, so Gable Stevenson hasn't wrestled. Braun Breaker, they've already kind of screwed up. Like they this last weekend really damaged him.
2: I think he can come back, but I know, I know what you're saying.
0: But, like, yeah. Brock Breaker's going to be that guy. It's going to – there's like, five years from now, there's going to be, like, these think-peace articles about how he found himself in New Japan or AEW. <laughs> like, that, that's literally what's going to happen to him.
1: Probably.
0: Um, but, like, Dominic's terrible. He's never going to be good. Like, I refuse to believe someone that's wrestled almost 100 matches is still that bad because we've seen – we've seen repeatedly like in new japan like even like anna jay that only has like maybe 60 matches at this point um and jade cargill like both of them have shown more yeah than him or even even like the even like lee johnson or um like um brock anderson or like the like nick camarado like those guys are all better than dominic Mysterio, and those guys aren't even like I would even take Aaron solo over him and none of those guys, like some of those guys I'm not even that hot on, but they're better on a technical level and like piecing together a match than, um, than Dominic. Dominic.
2: Uh, as an aside, uh, because you mentioned her name, like, I, I just want to reiterate what a, what a coup it has been that Tony Khan is the one who signed Jade Cargill. Yeah. Because yeah. she is a star. Yeah, and she's only going to get bigger. Yeah, uh, she was at over the weekend. I guess she made an appearance at um at Wale Mania, which of course happens around every uh, every mania. Uh, and Wale, uh, for those that don't know, like he's a rapper, but he he's kind of more associated with the WWE. Um, it's not strictly like a WWE uh, branded thing. Um, but he it, it a lot of WWE talent appears on those Wally Mania shows. Uh, a lot of, like, the New Day guys have done stuff. Um, I think Grayson Waller showed up at this one. Um, but she made an appearance, and people were, I guess, just losing their minds, because she's, uh, she's obviously, you know, beautiful. And beyond cool. that, like, she has so much charisma, and you know, just the things that, like she was saying, like and the way she was acting, and everything, like she came off like a, just a huge star. Like they have, right? Like they are going to have like a big, big, big deal with her, and she's kind of already like a big deal, but like potentially even bigger.
1: So, um, before we go on, I had a th- in getting ready for tonight. I had a stray thought about Dominic Mysterio, and it makes me wonder, like, because Dominic Mysterio has, from what I can tell. So caveat has not really developed his own his his in ring stuff has basically been him doing the same kind of stuff his dad did. And is it possible that Dominic being shoehorned into that is really hampering him because maybe there maybe he would fit better doing something else. And but with the gimmick he has and what he's doing with his dad, he has to do that stuff. Um, It, it, you know, wearing your shoes on the wrong feet messes with everything going on. And I can't help but wonder that if if he was kind of uh, had some time to to form his own style, if things might not go a lot better. But anyway, all that aside.
2: Um, next match on well, the card. Well, when Ray, like, re-signed, that was kind yeah. of, like, when Dominic, you know, started appearing. So, right. it, it was very much, it seems, I don't know if it was, like, explicitly part of the deal, but it, it did very much seem, it's like, okay, I'll re-sign with you, versus go somewhere else. But, you know, you gotta sign my son, and train my son, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, And that, that made a lot of sense, I mean, I, that's not... I'm sure Dominic is like well-paid and, and in theory like it's the WWE is the biggest promotion on the planet. You would mm-hmm. think that they'd have like a bunch of talent that they could they could go to train him. But I don't think that he's not... There are guys in the WWE system who it works for.
0: Not mm-hmm. everyone.
2: Um, but he probably would have been better off getting trained or learning in a different promotion. And I I, I kind of... Don't want to agree with Brad. I think I think that it might be possible that he, if he were to go somewhere else, like he and get get thrown into the fire or working for I don't know AAA or something like that, like he might improve. But I don't know. Right.
1: I'm not sure. It was just kind of a, a, thought, that I ha- a thought that I had thought that I had because I've seen some stuff like that before about a guy doing a particular gimmick and it doesn't work and like nothing works and he he mixes it up and the pieces fall in place, but. I guess we'll just have to see. Um, next one on the card was uh, Naomi and Sasha Banks versus Carmella and Queen Zelina versus Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. The biggest shocker for me out of this, usually at WrestleMania, if you get the big, cool entrance, that means that you don't get the win. And Sasha drove a Lamborghini Huracan out on the stage at the beginning. um, But they got the win. And... Okay, cool. Um, it was – match was fine. If you are irritated by the Corey Graves-Carmella storyline, don't watch it because you'll just be pissed the whole time. Um, Edge, AJ Styles had a – they had a good match. I mean, it's it's AJ Styles, and then Edge was holding up his end of it. They were doing a good job. The finish introduced Damian Priest messing with the finish, so Edge got the win,
2: um, was it good? Because I, I saw some people who they argued it wasn't. It was like too long. First off, it did seem like it was maybe too long.
1: It was. It was 24 minutes. They could yeah. have shaved out a bit of that. But, you know, I, I'll admit I've been an AJ Styles mark for 20 years, Um, but I thought I thought it was good. You know, I'm not going to talk. You know, it it's nowhere near like the 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 top of what AJ
2: has done but I thought it was good um, there, there are people who they've not been I guess generally complimentary about uh, edge since he's returned uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well <laughs> yeah um, he did fine I thought you know is but uh, again the finish was a little bit screwy but It set up something new for Postmania, so I can only complain so far, I guess. Um, The next thing on here, this bugged the living hell out of me. Because this got bumped from night one and put on night two. New Day comes out, and Kofi and Xavier Woods are wearing copies of gear that Big E wore when he won the title. Like singlets of the same pattern and everything. They are in the ring against Sheamus and Ridge Holland. With Pete Butch Dune, um, <laughs> this match went 140. They even replayed the they replayed the video of Ridge Holland suplexing Big E. It's just like, oh my God, you have set up the like like Kofi and Xavier get the win for their incredibly injured friend. No, Sheamus and Ridge Holland win in a minute forty. Well, you and, eat
0: on Rich Holland.
1: and 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 <clears throat> Pete Butch Dune is just like all over everybody. All that it's 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 like if you had a very violent four year old just turning them loose on people. He's just diving on people every opportunity he gets. And I'm, all I can think is that Pete Dune just has to be pissed that he's doing this now.
0: I can't believe they've had him in the system for so long and they
1: they ruined him. They just—they were just like you're not—you're not the guy that we featured on our shows before. Now you just have a different name. It's just like, what the hell? Did you—you didn't? He's not even. Oh recently. my god! He's
0: like a manager.
1: Yeah. It, well, he's just with the other two. And Uh-oh. if you're gonna have someone just with the other two, then why is Pete Dune not the one in the ring instead of Ridge Holland?
0: Because they gotta yeah. get heat on. They got he gotta win so they can build like heat like you know people are just pissed but they think that's heat now
2: yeah yeah i mean they this would have been like a trios match but obviously biggie got hurt so yeah that's what you got but uh yeah i don't know what they're doing with butch um <laughs> i don't know and this got bumped from the first night and then of course that they, they you know they wanted to get these guys like their their mania uh payday and of course that wound up being like a less than two minute match yeah so.
1: it, I don't was, them. That's I it was forget. it was it was horse shit. um Then the next one had Austin Theory with Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. And you know what? This was just fine. You know, uh, you had Theory, like McAfee smacks Theory around a little bit. Theory gets up on him. McAfee comes back, does some cool stuff. You know what? I was McAfee even had a cool interest because they licensed Seven Nation Army for him. And the, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders like came out for his like it was all cool you know it was a big spectacle thing and they do all this so the match between the two of them is fine and
2: max gets the win i thought this was like well, a lot of people seem to like this one like it was well received and mm-hmm. but that's also kind of like somewhat problem
0: when people online like get super into like these types of matches because i'm always like well one your expectations are super lowered, but especially internet fans like really latch on to dumb things. Like we've talked about it before, but like <laughs> how long did, um, Ken Anderson live off of that? Mr. Kennedy, like, Oh yeah. Said his name twice. Yeah. And like people gave him a break for like yeah. five or six years of his career, just because yeah. of that stupid little gimmick. Uh,
2: this match was somewhat problematic in the sense that because of like that presentation of, of his and, uh, generally how he performed in the match i was seeing online like a lot of people were like oh my god pat mcafee is a star and the guy who got built up out of this whole like thing was pat mcafee where it's like he, are you gonna have him be a regular uh wrestler because if he's just gonna go back to being an announcer or something then you know you you had a fun like mania match and, and moment for him But what people are saying is like people are going off like oh my god he's a star like he's a star and they want to see more of him which the guy is a literally is a trained wrestler like he we've talked about that before like he got trained by you know indie indie guy former uh, global wrestling federation star Rip Rogers yeah like he and he did it all like on his own on his own dime like he didn't do. He, this guy's a. It's because like, he wanted to. Oh, Pat McAfee is like a long time wrestling fan, and I saw something earlier today even that kind of verified that. It's like there's some clip of like Seth Rollins. I mean, like maybe like when the Shield debuted, Seth Rollins like a long time ago, like years ago. And in the background, it's like people were like, "Look at the background." And it's like in the background, there's like a bunch of people because it's at like some sort of like event or something. Yeah. And in the background, it's like Pat McAfee like there. Yeah, uh, And I think he was with like Barstool Sports or something like that. So he was probably there in like a reporter capacity or, you know, he media. Bought, media pers- yeah, yeah, he bought the, the wrestling ring
1: that he has on his ranch before he retired from the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what kind of fan he is. So mm-hmm. and he comes out here and he did a good job. Like I'm not even saying good job for celebrity. He did a good job. And then they do all this, and then, oh, my God, this is where the wheels came off the wagon for about a half hour. Because he's in there, and all this, and Vince is talking smack at him, and Pat's like, come on, come on and do it. Vince McMahon, 76-year-old Vince McMahon takes mm-hmm. off his coat, takes off his shirt, it gets in the ring, and now Vince and Pat uh, McAfee had the same gear on, black pants, black tank squaring up.
0: This is this I like to call the they can't help themselves part of the show.
1: And then all of a sudden like here we go to do this and Pat charges Vince and Vince like kind of sticks his arm up and Pat runs into him and bumps off of him to quote unquote take a clothesline. And I'm just like and I looked at that and I went, "Oh god."
0: Vince look out of
1: curiosity. Awful. It was he was not mobile. <laughs> He didn't get his arm up very high. He, it looked it looked awful. I can't and oh it. my god, the crowd. The crowd started chanting, You still got it at Vince and I wanted to throw things. Yeah. I was like, no. He's in no way! he's got he's, nothing. He's you 76. don't got you got a colostomy bag at this point. Like
0: <laughs> now, I did hear I did hear um I did hear I don't know how old he is, but I heard Barry Horowitz like had quite the weekend of awesomeness.
1: He's fifty three, I think. And apparently, yeah, he did have a big weekend.
0: And I, I heard um I heard Effie finally got his um dream to come true. Oh yeah? Which was tongue kissing Ricky Morton in front of Tommy <laughs> Rich.
1: <laughs> did uh did Robert Gibson leave during
2: it or did he stay and watch? Oh, <laughs> it's well it's well established, he likes to watch.
0: There wasn't who involved, he got bored.
2: Uh, okay. uh Mike Jackson, like the okay. longtime like enhancement talent, but a guy who's done stuff like in the Indies and even he he popped up in I think like Impact not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um he's seventy two and he looks it looks and moves way better than Vince does. Now Vince is like four years older, but still it it's well, like it was it I was terrible.
0: It's like four years in your seventies
1: is a lot. There's a long way to go there. Yeah. This was this was awful. Like yeah. this was god uh, like most of the match was either Pat McPhee runs at Vince and then bumps when he gets there, and whatever Vince does is purely incidental. Mm. And then Austin Theory does interference stuff. And so Vince like kicks a football into Pat's side and pins him off of it. It's just like there's there's almost four minutes of this crap, Mm. and it's awful. And then – and here, I get to drop the line. That's when I saw on Twitter, friend of the show, the Dames, said, let's see that glass shatter. Mm. And sure enough, as soon as I see it, the glass shatters. And here comes Austin, and Austin comes out there, and he – he stun. He comes out there and he does his pose. He does his his two fists up and all this. And he he stuns Austin Theory, and it's WrestleMania and Steve Austin doing stunner. So over the top cells are kind of in line, and Austin Theory cuts the funniest <laughs> damn cell where he takes he goes down for the stunner, leaps in the air and kicks his feet, and then rotates and bumps and rolls out of the ring.
0: What's which done here though is they devalued Pat McAfee with this
1: uh, second
0: part.
1: yeah well and then yeah that se- that second match should not have happened it there is there is no world in which that should have been an actual match if it had been pat squares up on vince and then austin theory wipes him out from behind and they like put the boots to him or something that's different but yeah. that's not what they did
0: or even if that's the start of the match and like they announced it as like a no holds barred and austin theory beats him up or
1: yeah, like there the, there was almost any other way to do that part of the night would have been better than what they did.
0: You know what I would have done just through <laughs> the nostalgia pop? I would have had Vince like get on the mic and said he hired some protection, have the APA come out and beat up.
1: <laughs> wow, that'd be a callback. Um, Austin comes out, he does the thing, he stuns him. And then he's standing there and Vince is like trying to do the old like googly eyed oh-my-gosh thing, and Austin's got a beer, and he gives Vince a beer, and Vince like takes and he takes a little sip. He goes, that's pretty good. And Austin throws the lightest-looking kick to the gut I think I might have ever seen Austin throw in my life. And he goes to do the stunner, and Vince wobbles and stumbles around away from Austin. And I'm going to quote Brian Alvarez for a second. He said, Austin did not run at all the previous night. like The whole thing with Kevin Owens, he didn't run mm-hmm. Here he's running trying to get to Vince. Vince stumbles and kind of falls into the ropes. He comes back up. Austin goes for the stunner, gets his hand gets his hand up to Vince's head, doesn't even get Vince's head to his shoulder, and Vince like drops to one knee off to the side while Austin's dropping to try and stun. Austin's laughing at the sheer absurdity of this. And all I can think is this is the last time we might see Steve Austin throw a stunner on
2: WrestleMania and it looked like that. Yeah, that's people were a lot of people were saying that that, that Austin just was cracking up. It like was not not able to control his laughter at how awful of the stunner there's that was. There's a video of Mick
1: Foley's youngest son recording him watching this. And whenever he go Austin goes for the stunner on Vince and Vince is stumble bumming around, Foley completely comes apart at the seams laughing. But then they do all that and they and and so Theory and Vince are gone and Pat's still in the ring and Austin he gets up and Austin's like, Let's have some beers, hell yeah. And they're doing they they actually do the tandem post spots, both of them in in corners, like pouring the beers and that sort of stuff. And then they get there, and they get some more beers, and they're pouring the beers. And then Austin does another super light kick and stuns Pat McAfee. But when McAfee takes it, he does he does a fantastic job because he leans into it, and then he does the spit cell, cell stand up, and then bumps off of it, and then rolls out of the ring. So Austin's going around like doing more beers, and his shirt's sopping wet, and all this. And they have this one little side cut where McAfee's like slumped against the announce table, but he's still pouring beer in his mouth. He looks all he looks all out of it from taking the stunner, but he's still like pouring beer in his mouth. He's and I can't remember what it was, but uh, he he put it on Twitter. It was a good little clip, and so Austin's final stunner of the night did not look like crap. Um, but yeah, the, the, the McMahon McAfee section did not absolutely, if it was going to happen, did not need to happen this way. And so we got our feel good moment with Steve Austin and then we got, and when they got to the ring, this is the thing that really killed me. They got to the ring and then they announced, they said, <clears throat> Featuring now the biggest WrestleMania main event of all time. And I'm just like, oh, ah. kill me. <laughs> Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the unification. On, like, two other manias. Yes. For the winner take all, super pan galactic universal WWE inter continental, United States, hardcore, whatever-in-the-hell title match.
0: You forgot mm. the European title.
1: I didn't forget. I just ran out of breath for it. Um, And <laughs> this match was, if you have seen a Mania main event with Roman and Brock in it, then you have seen this match already. There are basically four Europe moves.
0: The worst of, like, the... Late 2000s, early 10s, like, indie, like, excessive indie, like, wank fest with, like, the finisher spam and the... Yeah. Uh,
1: Well, it was... There were were basically four moves that happened. German suplex, Superman punch, F5 spear. Well, I'm sorry, Anna Kimura. Five moves. We had Kevin Nash's whole moveset take... The equivalent take place for the whole match. And... (laughs) They do this thing where Roman went for the spear and Brock grabbed the Kimura, and Roman gets to the ropes because uh, Heyman pushed the ropes over to him. And then he says, Roman says to Heyman, it's out, it's out, I can't, it's out. And I'm like, are they like building this storyline all of a sudden into the match where Brock has hurt Roman so much he can't? And then I was like, Bleh okay, that's on the wrong arm if they're doing – like, is he actually hurt? And then LOL Roman wins. Yeah, Brock picks Mm -hmm. him up for an F5, Roman slips off, hits the ropes, does a spear, and we're done. And I was just like, hell, you know, the match itself is exactly what you expect from Roman versus Brock in the main event, but it was just like –
2: I.
0: How bored was the crowd during
2: this? I don't know. I was. I quit paying attention because they knew what was coming, and yeah. I. I was kind of like, I, I kind of don't care much about the WWE nowadays. But I kind of, I was a little bit hot about it afterwards, and I messaged the, these guys, and I'm like, I'm kind of like out of. I'm out for if if there wasn't for AEW and Japanese promotions and indie shows and stuff like that. Like, I would probably go on a, like a hiatus from watching wrestling just because the WWE offers me, like, so little that I actually care about or they am interested in.
0: Actively effectively do things to piss me off, and I don't even care.
2: Yeah. I, I, I will say this just in general. It's like I am beyond tired of the Roman Reigns ultra-mega push, and I don't—they've jobbed everyone to him. The only guy that they, there's three guys in like as many years that they have actually booked strong. Obviously Roman himself, Brock Lesnar, who they just jobbed into, and Lashley. And I don't think they're going to, yes, he he jobbed to him, but I don't think that they're going to build Lashley back up. And what does it matter if he does? Everything seems to be if he's going to do it. Seems to be building towards uh, Roman versus Rock because next year it's you know in, in WrestleMania is in Los believe Angeles. That's
1: actually going to happen.
2: Uh, well, that's the rumor. That's what they're going for, and we'll see if it happens. Just because I don't know if The Rock has like movie commitments, or he's he won't be allowed to because the last two times he's wrestled, you know, he came off with injuries. Uh, well, but,
1: except for potentially the greatest main right. event in the history of WrestleMania, The Rock versus Eric Rowan. Uh, <laughs> he didn't get hurt for that
2: one. Well, yeah, because that was like a, he, did a, he did he did like a move and then that was it. But uh, I, I, I we talked about this before, but it's like at that around that time is when the XFL is supposed to be starting up again. So I could see Rock doing it if nothing else, and it'd be like easy promotion for him.
0: Yeah, but they to do that. no one watches their product anymore. Like that's not really hype for the XFL.
2: Yeah, but, but I, I mean, think
0: that fan base watches football.
2: Yeah, but like the the Rock is is arguably the biggest movie star out there right now. Uh, So if he comes back to wrestling and does a wrestling match, and then you know plugs the XFL and everything, the media alone, like sports media, other media, like they will talk about it. So
0: yeah, but you could just tweet about the XFL and more people would see it.
2: That's that's true, but I also think that it is good logic that. Everyone will be talking about the Rock Roman match. I mean, everyone. I mean, like the media. And so that's almost like yeah, I'm sure he'll he get paid for it, but think of it as like quote unquote free publicity for the XFL, which would be more, more, more of the XFL being out there, like the name getting out there, like uh, people's awareness that it was coming up. Because if like SportsCenter starts talking about it, they're probably gonna talk about this match that that this potential match more. Than just like oh well, the Rock tweeted about it. Yes, I know he might have like a lot of followers, probably more than the WWE has these days in terms of like viewers. But I, I still think it's like there's there's a logic behind it. If yeah, he I, does the I match,
0: think, would, um, if you like a, if you wanted a crowd that's gonna give a crap, like I would do something with AEW, just because that's more like the, the
2: I don't type he's of people
0: you want watching like age wise. I know he wouldn't. I'm saying like. If I had the freedom to choose one, I think I would do that.
2: Yeah, but WWE, he has all that history, and it's bigger. Although, i I'd, it was WrestleMania weekend, apparently. Uh, people noticed that the, he did, Rock gave like one shout-out to a wrestler this weekend, and it wasn't uh, anyone from the WWE. It was apparently John Silver. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Who's um, John I don't, Silver? I don't know. I have to look it up. That's I don't hilarious. know the context. Everyone loves uh,
0: John Silver.
2: Johnny oh, hungry. I, oh wait, I guess John Silver. John Silver did like a tweet where he posted a picture of himself with an energy drink. It must. It must have been. It could have been like the Rock's energy drink because I think he has one now. Um. Yeah, it was. It was he? He yes. He took a picture of the Rock's energy drink, and he was like trying to be like the Rock, and he tagged the Rock in it. And the Rock responded like that's a hell of an arch you got. Enjoy your you know, energy drink, grab some branded <laughs> energy drink. <laughs> Keep kicking ass in that square circle, brother. That's probably like the only uh the only comment he had about wrestling going on.
0: He doesn't really say anything. I've never that's the other thing, is like I think they're they're banking on like his connection to Roman with like that family thing, but I don't even think like they're distantly related in that like um,
2: isn't he not like a real uh real relation it's more like what that
0: they like that that's Samoan thing I
2: think yeah where it's like they're you know quote-unquote blood brothers or something like that so there's the the actual like familiar lines are familial lines are blurred
0: wasn't rock kind of like just like kind of ancillarily connected to that whole thing anyway
2: uh
0: no he's like he's like really like related like Well, Peter might be and then, like, Afa and Sika would be, like, legit cousins, I think.
1: Yeah. uh, He's in the family, but I don't know how dead on they are, like, He's never
0: shown much interest in, like, Roman, has he? I think they did, like—didn't they do one thing where he tried to bail them out, and he got booed, and then he got pissed off, and that's the last we saw
1: of him? I pretty much— He, uh,
2: okay, let me see.
1: He ran out for the save at the end of, I think it was a rumble, and then held Roman's hand up and gestured to him, and the crowd's just like, (laughs) and the Rock looked irritated about it.
0: And that was like the last we saw of him, wasn't
1: it? That's the last I remember.
2: So from what I can see, uh, so uh Peter Maivia and one of the the annoys... Yeah, and one of the annoys there's like a line connecting them, but it does it doesn't seem like it's like a like an actual like blood relation line. Mm-hmm. Roman himself is actually related to like like a bunch of Samoans.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that Roman obviously is is connected to a bunch of people, um, and is connected obviously to the Usos. Yeah,
1: but it's. The thing that um, I think people forget, because there are some people that talk about, you know, oh, here we're doing the whole, you know, the tribal chief thing was a whole breath of fresh air. It's like it was, but we're, you're either forgetting or you're ignoring, and I'm not sure which one, the fact that this has been, what, like year five or six of the Roman super push, whether as a face or as a heel.
0: Yeah, We're like we're like seven or eight years
1: into that. Okay.
0: Because the first um the first like Brock Roman match was like thirty one
1: or thirty two. Okay, so
0: we're like six years
1: into it. That is that is a long time, and Roman has was not particularly popular for a lot of that, and even with him having a career renaissance in you know going heel and the this his tribal chief gimmick and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. it's like that yeah that's true but it's still roman reigns
0: it was a lot short and... shorter lived though. people lost interest and in, started losing interest in like six months and like they they've i mean it's not entirely his fault but like i think you have to blame the guy on top of it but like they have massively shed their audience with.
1: Yeah, and and the fact that they're like, oh, we're banking on Roman Rock at next WrestleMania, and I'm like, so in doing that, basically everybody knows that nothing with Roman is going to substantially change for a
0: year. And remember, too, to show, like, what kind of draw Roman is? Remember when that Rampage episode in SmackDown um, collided in the Brock Roman thing? Did the exact same demo number as like a Bunny segment in AEW. Yep. Yeah. First the
2: Bunny. I, uh, I, I just don't. I, I'm kind of over it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, I there's generally no don't endgame. like
0: it. Like, there's no hope in sight. Well, like-
2: I brought up the Rock thing because it's like, uh, if if that's the direction, then I. Don't really see him losing, if at all, but yeah, but not really much in the next year. Year. Yeah.
0: The problem Uh, problem with what they're doing with him, though, is like, so if you have a monster heel that's beating everyone, you need that, like, you need the that shining beacon of hope coming up through the ranks with them. Like, if you go back to 1997 with like the Hogan stuff, like all through 97 up till August, like Lex Luger was like that beacon of hope. Mm-hmm. Like leading into that but they don't have that there's no like light at the end of the tunnel so it's boring like you need to have like you need to have that guy that's in the wings that is the obvious like this guy once he can get there is going to get the job done. For
2: the it, they, they've made him a heel um, but either face or heel like it, it it kind of it breaks down the problem with like basic like storytelling 101 is that you obviously need the hero and if you're going to have him, you're going to have Roman be like a villain protagonist. OK, but you need to have the protagonist show vulnerability and then overcome this. It's like at no point has he ever presented as vulnerable. Right. Like not really ever.
0: That's actually a, so a, 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 my an argument, our friend um, loss made who um, we posted with way back in the day about Roman mm-hmm. years ago is that um Part of why he's never connected with the audience is the WWE has never let us share in his struggles and his his hero's journey because they've all it's kind of like the Disney problem now. Like they don't let you partake in their struggles or their journey. Mm -hmm. They're just there.
2: They they real life actually forced him to a little bit because right after he like his leukemia came back and he was out for a while. Mm -hmm. You kind of that that like sympathy actually came there because I mean he had actually had a real life struggle but yeah. since then they have now just been for like a good 2 years now they've put booked him as like an unstoppable you know monster uh yeah, invulnerable that, face heel whatever
0: him, though is like the second he got actual sympathy they turned him, they couldn't turn him heel quick enough
2: yeah and i for a while long while that was actually it was it was interesting but now it's like once no one can beat him and he's not he's presented as basically winning pretty much clean largely clean then it to me, it like it loses all interest. The thing about Flair is that Flair was a heel most of his career and won the world title like you know so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it the formula was great. It's like okay, Flair will be champion, He'll be champion for a while, he'd go in there, and but he'd basically get his ass kicked sometimes even by like mid carters, and then he'd either win, or if it's a guy who's a little further up, like an upper mid carter, or another guy who's on his level in the main event, maybe he'd cheat to win. Or... Maybe he'd lose a title and or, maybe he'd win it back again
0: in like a or in month or so. Build up Like he got like he got his uh, tuxedo ripped off and he was like rolling around in his socks and his underwear like on yeah. live TV or, you know, like Ricky Morton stepped on his glasses and then they like beat the shit out of him. Like, you know, he was actually vulnerable all the time.
2: Yeah even hogan hogan was a guy who was presented as like the top guy for years and years and years if you go back and watch hogan's like wwe reign from let's say like wrestlemania 1 through wrestlemania 7 or 8 like even the points where he wasn't you know he didn't have the world title like every hogan match uh, feud was basically the same like he would go out there he'd the, the, the heel would come in, and if the heel didn't outright injure him to start the angle, it would be mostly where, like, Hogan would get his ass kicked, and then, of course, like, by the end of a match or feud, he'd hulk up, and he'd, you know, he'd overcome. But he was vulnerable. All these times, like, he's, he was vulnerable. You had both of these
1: guys that you have as an example would mm-hmm. regularly show their ass so that mm-hmm. they were, like you said, vulnerable, and so the outcome is in question. It is never in question with Roman. You never have any question about what's going to happen. There was some question maybe with Brock, but not really.
0: There was no question with
1: Brock. Like everyone and,
0: knew it was just filler to continue the Roman
1: show. And right now, what's the biggest thing is maybe Cody will take the WWE title off of him. But if that's the case, that doesn't really change anything because we're still – I don't know what a year, 500 days in 500 days plus of
2: Roman with the Universal. <laughs> yes. And that's what people are like. The, the rumor is that if they don't just have like a tournament where somebody wins the Raw title and Roman just, you know, continues on as if he, those, the unified title doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at the least like if he does lose to, for example, Cody. Which wouldn't be the worst idea in the sense like he would actually cement Cody probably as like a a star. Mm-hmm. Uh and it would give it would be something different and fresh in the main event scene, at least on like on Raw. And if you have him beat Roman, they would it would show that Roman is, is vulnerable and you could set things up down the road. Like if, if the direction is still rock Roman at, at the next mania, then you can go in that direction. But you could go back and have Cody be like a guy that he Challenges again down the road, maybe like Royal Rumble or something to kind of get that win back. You could do a lot with it, but I don't know that they're going to do that. Like, I
0: think I think what will happen is well, they'll lose interest in Cody, but like I think he's their their panic move when like the ratings don't crash after Mania. He's going to mm. be their panic move one, but then they're going to job him to Roman because like they're not ready to do their plan, and then people like insta lose interest because like you can't. Um, can't do
2: that. I I don't yeah I think that eventually they'll lose interest in Cody and I don't we'll see if like the crowd starts turning on Cody okay. if, if you know yeah. they perceive that he's disingenuous which there's a lot of things that Cody does nowadays that if you get all if you try to get as much information as possible about everything that's been going on the last few months with him like he he comes off to me like it's pretty disingenuous but I think that that for that for a while they'll they'll try and push back and get any any inclination to not book him well. Because even though they're going to – I think they're probably going to sell the company, uh, it, assuming that they don't or they don't for a while. Um, they have like full-on met it out there that they want certain AEW guys. Yeah. And outside of money, which they have a lot of money so they can just throw it that way, if they book Cody like particularly poorly – and then yeah. there are guys like like guys that they've said they want like MJF or Wardlow like they pre- they might have second thoughts where it's like ah uh, WWE can offer me more money but I don't want to go there and just be treated like a chump and then devalue myself
0: well, versus MJ, MJF um I think would lose a lot yes scripted because they won't trust him
1: MJF will not be
2: MJF.
0: Wardlow Wardlow will instantly get lost in the shuffle and they will not protect him to the degree that AEW does.
2: I don't know what they would do because I would say if this was, if if you're dealing with like the Vince of like the late 90s and maybe even like the early 2000s, but if you're dealing with like a a much younger Vince, the different mindset, like. I think that they would definitely be booked differently. And if they jumped, it'd be like no, a no-brainer. Like They'd probably push MJF and Wardlow as huge stars. And now it's like I, f- I would think that they would because that's the conventional wisdom. But to me, it's questionable. But he's like, I, just, I don't just think they would.
0: Guys built in other companies as big stars.
2: Yeah.
1: I just don't uh, – I don't think MJF would be able to be – MJF, and they would walk up to him and hand him a script, and he wouldn't do it, and then Vince would be mad about He's it. Too it's small.
0: like they only want him because AEW has him. He's too small for their their taste.
2: So, how big is he? Not huge. Because he looks he looks fine in AEW, but I don't
1: know. He does, but that's also about presentation. Um, AEW's got a good way of framing people and that sort of. Thing. Um,
0: this and there 11 two sixteen, so he's yeah, not their preference because they're going big again. like they have yeah. small for a while, but they've been like pushing those guys out like they want the yeah
2: uh, uh, Adam Cole is billed as like six feet two hundred. so <laughs> I mean, he's not six feet. so you can yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard that's like I a was, really kayfabe. when i when
0: i when I went to shows and I was one eighty five. I was taller than him and I was bigger than him. And if you go and look at pictures of him versus Leo Rush, he's more like Leo Rush's height and I Leo Rush is, is like 5'6", I think.
1: So, you have there I just I don't think that for MJF it would be a good move. It, I don't think it would be a good fit and it would not benefit him other than maybe getting a big payday. So, I, I just I can't go. I think going through all the mania stuff uh, this past weekend, I came to the conclusion that I have to I have to define it this way. Aew and uh, you know there there are, are several wrestling companies out there, and it feels to me like Vince finally got his wish. He's to me, they're not a wrestling company they have rings they have guys who can wrestle but they're not a wrestling company and that is not what i want to tune in for if that's what you want to tune in for go for it there is a product right there for you have fun
0: i think where cody's going to i can't do it and where they're going to screw him up is WWE's not like disciplined with their booking, so like if they want um, if they want some particular moment, they don't care who gets cut off at the knees to like achieve that and that's where he's right. gonna run into trouble. Is it's not gonna be anything they intentionally do, it's gonna be like, Oh, we need someone to feed to like Brock when he comes back and then they job Cody in forty five seconds and then they're like, Well, we don't understand, like why is he not over anymore because you jobbed him to Brock in forty five seconds like,
1: Well, what are what are you mad about, Cody? Why are you angry? Um so here's the to go way back on it the other thing is if Cody does beat Roman and takes the WWE title off of him it's not going to matter because Roman. Roman's going to act like it doesn't matter because that's the not not the title that he was holding that's not the title that he has the streak on so he's going to act like oh well you know that's fine you can win that title that's not the important one that's not the one I care about And so basically that's Roman saying, you can have that one. I don't give a damn about that. That's not the important one.
0: A title unification is right because there should be no raw title anymore because they should be the same title. So um, that is not like if you want to talk about title versus title, that's fair because then you have both titles. But if it's a unification, they become one
1: title. It, but except when they don't but, um hey, it,
0: should, it should always be it should that unification has a specific meaning yes it does yes
1: you're right and it they, does
0: could someone hand them a fucking dictionary for the
1: love of god <laughs> <laughs> uh it would be nice but look I but
0: they were this is it, like Two days after they announced it, they were like, well, no, both brands will have a, a world title. And it's like, then why the fuck are you doing this?
2: Uh, yeah. They, like, you, you just kind of, like, ruin your own stipulation. Yeah. So it, this is exactly why I I just can't watch them anymore.
1: I am tired of all of this, and I just don't want to. I'm tired so, of nothing means a damn thing anymore. Yeah. So that's look if if anybody who's out there listening's like why do the you know why do you guys not like it look we had I don't know what uh, damn near twenty years of WWE being the biggest show in the states and and the easiest to access and having this sort of thing and
0: And I've been trying I am tired of it since two thousand and three
1: I I am just I'm tired of it I'm done I want I want I I was a WCW guy during the Monday Night Wars until WCW just got unbearable to watch, and the WWE stuff has has never been the best fit for me, and me it's it's not now. It wasn't then. It I feel like it was better then because they let their top guys do top guys stuff and call their own things, and you know didn't hamstring them, but that's not what they're doing now, and i'm just I'm not interested if you love it if Roman is your favorite guy to watch in the world, then you you are absolutely thrilled and I'm happy for you but it's I'm not a lot
0: that um I yearn for like the early days of the podcast and the twenty eighteen bad w w e back Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's how bad today is like I want the <laughs> it, shitty like 2018, 2019 WWE.
2: Yeah, if you haven't figured out where I was going, kind of. I don't I don't find the unbeatable, like impossible to defeat character like compelling. I just don't. So I'm like I'm kind of out with WWE like it, it just yeah. it doesn't interest me. Especially when you know that your your main guy is a guy who like won't ever win. I mean, sorry, sorry, I have that backwards. Like won't ever lose. It's like uh, it just interests I it doesn't interest me. I want I want someone who's kind of vulnerable because that narratively uh, is more dramatic to me. So, uh just not
1: anyway. So all of that being said, done with mania, we're gonna steer into as Brad said some alternatives. We've got a couple of matches that we wanted to talk about. And uh so Brad what's our first one?
0: So this is from I think it's February 23rd. This is um for the Stardom high speed title. So the high speed title is like their version of like a cruiserweight or a junior belt. So this is mm-hmm. Starlight Kid defending the championship. I think this is like this if she this was like her sixth defense of the title. I think they put like a thing up there and I saw a V5. So this must be their her fifth or sixth defense, but I think she's had five defenses. So, um, successful, which they, they kind of count that in Japan. So this is versus AZM who, if you watch stardom for a while, that was a zoom-y, is like what her previous gimmick was.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, briefly, the high speed championship, it actually started in a different promotion. Uh, and oh, wow. when that, when that promotion, uh, folded in around like 2010, uh, stardom acquired the rights to the the championship, uh, and Brad as Brad exactly said, it's more like a, it's kind of more like a, a a cruiserweight title, and like it's like the name High Speed, it's it's supposed to be very uh, high energy, fast paced. It's a um title. Yeah, former uh, champions, yeah. a couple of notable former champions, Io Shirai, she was uh, a High Speed champion, and uh, Riho, both and then, of them, uh, Mayu, you know, obviously Iwata,ni a former champ. Yes. Okay. Yes, she was.
0: She would be notable. And she held
2: up for, it for, the for a long time. Yeah.
1: So, um, okay. So we got this match going.
0: This was I, – I had uh, trouble placing the venue, so this was not – it. this was not Currican Hall, if people are wondering. Because like, I was trying to place the venue or if I had seen it before because it looked vaguely familiar. Because they were in a – I would say they were in like a – Bigger, smallish arena. Like it was the high end of what I would call a small arena.
2: Mm-hmm. And let me uh, let me give another a little bit of a uh, background to this. Uh, first off, Azumi is nineteen, Azm, mm-hmm. and Starlight Kid is little, just a year older at twenty. Like they are okay. ridiculously young, and but they have been, but they have both been in the business for years at this point. Like they're they're practically veterans, uh, and. The, Th- these two particularly have a, a history with each other. They have they have feuded over the years, and it sounds crazy to say like years of feuding uh, when you have a nineteen year old and a twenty year old. But that's that's the way things go. Uh, a lot of in Joshi Fed, especially stardom,
0: especially when you come up in like I think they came up around the same class, so they were doing like student trios matches against each other. And... Yeah,
2: I I think uh, I think like they're first match uh came in like twenty fifteen when Starlight was like fourteen and AZM was like a year younger. I think, so,
0: I think it's always the mm-hmm. way I've always like noticed it is Starlight Kid is always like the notch above AZM so like they move Starlight Kid up and then AZM like comes up to that level a little while later.
2: Yeah. That's the kind of the backstory between between them that they have had lots of uh lots of matches with each other but starlight kid is more of a she's more of i guess you would say like a star while azm is probably is arguably the better worker of the two but i mean you're, you're talking like degrees it's not as if starlight's bad and azm is so much better it's like mm-hmm. it's just a matter of like degrees like yeah. azm might might be slightly better Based on your preferences, AZM but they're they're like, pretty comparable.
0: Azm mm-hmm. is actually kind of um at this point. She's kind of a classical style white meat babyface, mm-hmm. especially this yeah. match. Like she's very much like a classic style white meat babyface in this. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and they're both if they if they continue on with she like they're both probably gonna win like the main title at some point. Like they're they're gonna be like the top the top faces and heels, whatever, in the business. And so, well, at least in stardom, uh, Probably reasonably soon, like and the next two, three years.
0: Starlight won their tag titles with someone in the interim between the, losing this belt and something else, so she's already picked up another, yeah. another belt. I don't remember who she won it with. No, she won it with uh, Momo.
2: Yeah, with- Momo Watanabe, yeah. who is one of her stablemates in uh, Oda Uh What is her... I forget what their tag team name is i
0: couldn't remember I, I i was doing good to remember that it was momo that, that uh, i
2: think yeah. i think um i think momo's name is like uh black peach so it's like a it was like a play on that
0: yeah but momo is also very good
2: yeah there's very there's there's quite a you'd probably find an easier time finding the people in stardom who are not good yeah like yeah,
0: most <laughs> of them are homegrown and and those I, are the ones that are bad are students and they're still learning.
2: Yeah, the ones who are like not as good as the other ones are people who were literally minors, like under eighteen. I, I think
0: just was, jobbers.
2: Yeah.
1: So I don't know as much about this as they do. I'm the <laughs> uh, I'm in the everyman role coming into this. And this is not oh.
0: this is not Shad's first Yoshi match because I subjected him to a. <laughs> monami toyota versus ajakon yeah. match which he that's
2: that's enjoy. true uh the starlight uh, mo watanabe tag team is called black desire
0: oh yeah that's right okay
2: yeah uh, and i will say uh to give shad credit it's like i'm not super knowledgeable it sounds like i am but that's only because i'm trying to get more into joshi and i've done a little bit of research to kind of get some of the backstory
0: and know. some of these i don't know crap either i just watch i just like stardom and i like um
2: Chucky like, Joshi TW, Pro.
0: Yeah, like I just watch it. Like I don't I don't even know that much about it unless they have English commentary or like I, the stardom stuff that has subtitles. Like I don't know the ins and outs of it. I just enjoy mm. both of those promotions.
1: Yeah. You could have fooled me. Um yeah. well, so... I,
0: I've watched Stardom through a lot of their I've i I've watched Stardom off and on since about twenty fifteen, so I've seen AZM and Starlight like coming up the ranks. And like Jungle Keona, like I've seen, I've seen like their progression. So like I even Momo, like I've seen her kind of climb up the ranks. So I, I like especially with Stardom and some of the people that were starting when I was watching, like I I have a good knowledge of like their progression. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's one of the nice things about Joshi is if you watch it long enough, you get to see them go from like the student stuff to the mid card mm-hmm. to the top. So that's that's one of the rewarding parts about Joshi versus like other styles of wrestling because most of mm. their most of their talent is homegrown.
1: Gotcha. Well, so for the match itself, um, because I'm coming into this basically only knowing that there's Starlight kid and, AZM.
0: and he doesn't know who's a face or a heel because that that's I think this will be important
1: for him. Yeah. Um, when they're coming to the ring. Have they both won, like, mask versus something matches in the past?
0: I'm thinking, or... I'm th- so what my guess is, is um is, um is when Starlight had her masks, each mask <laughs> represented one of her successful defenses of the title.
1: Okay, because she had a bunch of them yeah. on her entrance they, gear, and well, then I AZM had one said... hanging on her belt.
0: Remember I said this was like her fifth or sixth successful like her fifth or sixth defense of the title and she had four or five masks in her case. Yeah. But I so, don't know that's just my guess of what those represented. The masks? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh so that's you really kind of have to and again I'm not super knowledgeable but this is that's something that is kind of unique to Starlight. Uh she for people that she would face, she would have a mask that she had like created for them. And after she would beat an opponent, she'd like force the mask that uh, she had created on them. Okay. So it's almost like it, it's pretty interesting that way. Uh, mm. And so when I don't think it caught it, I didn't. I didn't catch this really. Uh, I didn't watch that part at the very end of this match, but. I guess after after Starlight lost, uh, she in a in a show of humility, she gave Azm the mask that she had created for Azm. Uh, she gave it to her like as like a you know here, like it's basically saying like I, I was gonna put this on you after I beat you, but you beat me, so here you go. It's 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 probably something that has much more significance in Japan. The YouTube cut mm-hmm. off before that. Yeah, there was a, I mean there was like an early on there was a cut too. I don't know how much of the match they cut out, but
0: I think they just cut the intros and like the standoff. Like I didn't feel like I yeah. lost anything on that.
2: Right. But that's that that is something that's kind of like unique to Starlight where but she I has like to
0: say they like um, I enjoyed this, and I do subscribe to Stardom World, but man, they chainsawed those advertisements in there with like no subtlety whatsoever. That <laughs> is very
1: true. You yeah. just, I'm like, I'm clicking along, looking for this match in it, and then for me to make this joke, I'm gonna have to go reference something else. It's like, it's all of a sudden, it's like, here's Ricky Bobby advertising for prune candy or something. I'm like, uh, okay, um, okay. Fast forward, five seconds, five seconds. Okay, Very here bad. we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, this was interesting. The My overall takeaway is – well, I'll get to my overall takeaway at the end. The, the early going tapped on one pet peeve of mine, but let me preface it by saying they got out of this mode pretty quickly.
0: And I think early, it sense as the match progress too.
1: Well, early on, they were, they, it felt like they were doing a lot of that overly choreographed, like high speed, we do this, then we do this, then we do this, and it's more about, okay, this is the move I'm supposed to do. Like, there's a section where I think Starlight is supposed to do a, um, a head scissors in order to escape a, a pin or a hold or something, but she just puts her legs up, and then AZM moves the neck like she never even clenches her legs in order to do it. She just puts them up and they move in. The, and I'm just kind of like, oh, God, is this? And then they settled down real quickly.
2: Yeah. The opening sequence, I thought, was like crazy. And it did seem very highly choreographed. But even so, it impressed me because the, I mean, the name is High Speed Championship. But like they are going through this choreographed sequence so fast that even if they have practiced it, it's like it's rapid, rapid, like, reflex actions. Yeah. It's, to me, like, very impressive. It's, like, even if you, like, you know, you work out with your opponent before. Like, okay, let's do this sequence. And then if you go out and do it for, like, two, three minutes at, like, you know, a sprint, yeah. it's still impressive, because it's, like, okay, you put, you remembered all that together, and you sequenced it all carefully without any sort of, uh, like, botches, because they didn't botch. Right, It's still pretty impressive to me, but I do... I do get what you're saying because once they got past that, then it's like, all right, now let's get down to the real match. Yeah. And that's when the really good stuff and all the psychology came out.
0: Yeah, because so, said, I think my takeaway from this is, like, there was very, very layered, like, psychology and, and um, storytelling because there's even, there's even like, minute tactical things that I picked up on during the match, like... um with AZM, and I thought this was actually really, really interesting. Is like a big part of the match is they're just slipping out of everything from each other. And mm-hmm. though AZM does have a finisher that is a cross arm breaker, but she kept going to the arm because she was that was like the one thing she do. If she got her arm, she could have some success because she was right. just. And there's a lot of points where you just see AZM. AZM wants to like do something, and she's like, "No, fuck it. I'm just, just grab the arm."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause even at the end like the the like i like the end sequence like where she does the canadian destroyer and she kicks out and she's just fucking pissed yeah and then she goes like she's gonna do it again and she's like you know what like screw this and she just locks the cross arm breaker in mm. but i also loved and i thought it was a great counter like so there's a point where starlight kid does the um the spanish fly and they hit and like it obviously has impact for both of them but Azm locks the arm in because yeah. like because Starlight Kid had to give it to her to do that, and right. it almost cost her the match. I'm like, that is a really yeah. great counter to that oh, move. Oh,
2: that I mean, Azm just didn't start working on the arm at the very end. Like it, she worked it like most of the match. She kept going back to it, and that psychology just kept up. And
0: well, it's because he was working though? Because like she, yeah. she kept trying stuff. And Starlight just kept getting out of it. Like if she tried to pin, like AZM would always float over or she'd always reverse the weight. But, you know, AZM could counter that. But then, like, if she could get her arm, like the arm was like her go to. Like, if I can get the arm, I can do some damage is like what I liked about that psychology.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll go ahead. Uh, Well, and like you said, Brad, she would try and do other stuff. And it wouldn't work. So then she'd go back to it. So there was, that's not a psychology bit you see very often. Normally, what I'm used to, I should rephrase, what I'm used to seeing is if you're working a body part in a match, you make that like your focus. If I'm going after your knee or your ankle or something, I'm on the leg the entire time. And I might do one other thing to like knock you down, but then I'm back on it as opposed to here you know, she's doing the arm, doing the arm gets up and she starts doing some other stuff and Starlight's getting away from it. And then she goes back to it. That's, that's an interesting twist. But in my, yeah. my wrestling brain, I'm like, well, if the arm's working, why are you not staying on it? Right. But that's, that's, that's just a, that's a mental thing for me. And I recognize that.
0: <laughs> I think, I think the idea was that's like her, like she's, Setting the groundwork and wearing her down, but it's a championship match, so she needs to get some bigger, mm-hmm. bigger stuff in. But she can't because Starlight always has an answer. Or she always slips out, or she always like reverses that weight on her.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. And then there was Matt. What were you gonna say before I go on? I I was just
2: gonna like talk very appreciatively at uh... the. With the psychology because it did it did keep they kept going back to the arm and there's a lot of like really interesting arm work which did lead to the finish like he, she finally easy and finally was able to get uh, a specific arm hold onto uh, Starlight and that's what won her the match mm-hmm. um, but I did like that they kept going back the psychology on this I felt was like superb like they really really were doing things that like intelligently and it made sense like the selling was great. Uh, just the whole psychology of it was fantastic.
0: And I, I have to praise Starlight, too. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but, man, she was tempting fate on those, like, near falls. Mm-hmm. She was waiting until, like... Like, she mm-hmm. had that cadence down, and she was waiting until, that, like, that absolute last second to get some of those kickouts.
2: That's, just, that's true. That was... Some of those, I I swear... Even though I kind of knew what the finish was, because this, this match is, is, like, a month or so old. Like, I... I was fooled like there were some points where I was like okay this is the finish right and then, then it wasn't because they kicked out at like 2 and 99 out of one hundred it yeah. was it was impressive
0: and I also so, like that there were not lazy kickouts either like there were
1: that's true that's true there's there's uh, a couple of other things I want to hit in this first of all there was a vertical suplex counter into a DDT spot that I thought was fantastic. I loved that spot. Um, the, these two had – like part of it is – the overall is they had very solid execution. They're very athletic, and then you combine that with the fact that there's just not as much mass you have to move around, so it's easier to do other stuff. And they were able to do some pretty cool things. The, and in this match, it felt like that I saw more of and more involved pinning combinations than just about anything else I've seen. Like the, there were the, there were
0: there were counters to counters to counters on some right. of that stuff. And there were times where they were just rolling around and like the ref couldn't even, like, start a pin because they would...
1: They just kept moving.
0: Yeah, and, like, there were times where, like, even... I think there's one where, like, Starlight slipped it, and she got loose, and AZM still, like, turned that into another another roll-up. Yeah. Like, the... stuff like that. It was very, very, like... You had to be watching, like, what they were doing because the because you would miss, like, what who was in control of, like, what. Like, that was, like, very hard to keep up with at times.
1: The thing, the very end, going into the submission for the finish, was this hard-fought scramble to try and get to some like they it it felt like they were scrapping every step of the way to get to that, and you know what? I really liked that, like that that the finish on this was the thing that really seemed to fit best for me because azm is trying to get to the arm and starlight's like trying to fight out of it and neither one of them is really sinking it in and they're both like grapple and you know move it around and all that like that was i really liked the finish on this
0: but i also thought like too it had a very high pace but they they were sure to let things breathe like it didn't feel Mm -hmm. like they were just going on to the next spot like they would slow down and like sell and and, like, get ready for the next flurry, but they would give you, like, you could stop and go, oh, okay, okay, let's get, mm-hmm. let's, let's go to the next thing. Like, so they, they pace themselves very, very well. Yeah, yeah. And I like so... both of their gear. Both of their gear is very, very good.
1: Mm-hmm, hmm That's all I got for this, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Oh and I also like the AZM did the smart face thing and she took all of her stable mates out early in the match. Mhm. Cuz she just dove on everyone.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. But uh but yeah, no, it is good to watch. Um it may not have fit me like like uh some styles I prefer but it's still good
2: stuff, so.
0: Um it lived up to the hype for me. What did you think, Matt? Like with all the hype it had gotten.
2: Uh, I I do feel like it lived up to the hype for me. Uh, people were saying, some people are saying it's like their women's match of the year. You know, oh. sorry, sorry, Bianca and <laughs> and and, and <laughs> Becky. Uh, and I am not gonna say that only because stuff I've heard about this the two night stardom, uh, show that just happened like a couple weeks back. I've heard is. It's, some of that stuff is even better. Uh, I'm gonna try and order that the, their shows. So I'm I wouldn't necessarily say that, but it was fantastic.
1: All right. So what was the other match we were gonna dig into?
0: So this is from oh god, this is like two dynamites ago. No, this was the dynamite before the last dynamite. So this is. Uh, Hang
1: on. I'll get. I'll be able to give you the. Um. I'll be able to give you the date. Give me just a second. Because if you want to run this down, this is absolutely worth it. I believe this was the Dynamite on the 23rd. Okay.
0: So this is um, CM Punk taking on Dax Harwood like to open Dynamite.
1: And you would look at this and be like, well, why are we doing this? And um, I believe that there were some people that referred to this as the Earn Bret Hart's Love on 3 match. Um, yes.
0: If you love old school wrestling, like this is one that I need to get in our our um, our Tim chat and recommend he watch because this is yes. like you love old school wrestling like this is this is for you.
2: This oh, is it's so good. Yeah, it was. It was so old school, but fantastic. It, and
1: but it's old school in philosophy, not necessarily. Like, it, it's still a modern match, but it is old school in philosophy, and it works very, very well.
2: It, to me, it was very, very reminiscent of just an old school, like, Southern style. Like, this yeah. this match could have been on, like, an old NWA pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. NWA like, TV main event. Yeah, it, it, yeah, absolutely. It could have. And honestly, the thing that I kept going back to watching this is that this... Dax Hardwood. First off, I not this is no big surprise, but it's like he is an absolutely fantastic wrestler. Like he's mm-hmm. so damn good. But the person that I just kept being reminded of when I was watching this is I'm like shit, uh, he's like he's like a modern Arn Anderson. He's basically Arn Anderson. In the sense that Arn Anderson is a guy who was obviously fantastic as a tag worker, but mm-hmm. you could have him go out there with like a top face and put on like a 10, 15, 20 minute match. And it'd be absolutely amazing. And when you had the near falls where Arn Anderson was almost winning, it was believable. Yep. Uh, And everything about that, like that, that's what I kind of came off with with this match. Like some of the stuff he was doing, he reminded me so much of Arn. And I mean that very complimentary. Uh, It was just a fantastic match. It, yes, it is,
1: um, and I'm just going to kind of start running down the notes I've got on this mm-hmm. because this is the kind of match the, – the philosophy that you had in this was kind of how I was trained because um, it starts – it does not start big, and when it gets big, they don't go over the top with it. But first of all, I I, I love – FTR's Midnight Express ripoff music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that just tickles my soul. And one thing that I never realized, in for some reason it never registered to me, but Dax Harwood seems to have kind of a Jushin Liger style body. You know, longer torso, kind of a wider body, so it's easier for him to bump and do some stuff. Um, but, okay, beside the point... Early on, Harwood takes, he does a good job taking his time. And whenever he takes his time, because he's wanting to build, build heat up, he's wanting to get the crowd upset, but his stalling is done by healing a little bit. He puts Punk down and stands up and kind of, you know, walks his half circle around him. But in the course of doing it, he's kind of giving the crowd a little sneer. He's. Not, uh, you know, he's not over the top with it, but you get a, you get a like, I'm going to bust this guy up, you know, a little bit of healing that gives the crowd time to, to kind of hook in a little bit more. And you don't get to see Harwood do singles much because in tags, you, you don't really have to do as many moves in tags. You know, tag him back and forth, get him in the corner, do what Dominic DiNucci called the punch-kick offense. You know, you can do all of that without doing a lot of quote-unquote moves necessarily. But when you're in a singles match, you don't really have that. Harwood has this very nice evergreen offense, and when I call something evergreen offense, what I mean is you can do that to anybody. It's It's almost universal in application. And so he's dicking with CM Punk in doing that, and Punk has the comeback in it, and they're trading back and forth, and the gun club is at ringside and catches an ass-boys chant, and that just adds to it for me. you know.
0: I think FTR called them the ass-boys.
1: Did they? Okay. And then you get the – you start – you know that the match is kicking into high gear. When they do a superplex, not a crazy that oh, they do fuckinator. right. <laughs> <laughs> that name still gets me. It's a superplex, which incidentally is a bitch to take. It,
0: that seems like that's a long way to go.
1: Definitely. It It is. It is. If you're taking it, then not only is it a long way to go, but you're also rotating to add to the impact. It
0: seems and, like, oh, this is going to hurt. Like, ow. yeah.
1: Yeah, but it, the superplex has also almost gotten pedestrian with some of the indy riffic proclivities. I, it was really nice to see they do this superplex, and they both lay there, and they're like, oh, oh God. And it did not get crazy over – that was like the, quote, biggest spot in the match. And they – you know, they, it was, it was kind of doing more with less, and it just worked. And the ending sequence, my God, I love the ending sequence with the sharpshooter into the Anaconda Vice. Like, they transitioned into that fantastically, and it didn't look contrived, and it didn't look stupid, and it looked great. Like, and even, um, Cash Wheeler comes out at one point to check on Harwood, but he doesn't interfere because he's like, I'm not going to do this. This is something he's got to do for himself. Like, There is – I don't even particularly like CM Punk all that much, but this match was
2: fantastic. Sorry, I kind of went on a rant there. No, I, I mean that's – it's great perspective, and I, I do appreciate that. Uh, I don't really have any detailed notes of it, and I did like a lot of the stuff. I forget the suplex spot was really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the sharpshooter spot like at the end I thought yeah. it was really fun I, I just like how did, this match I'm not sure I don't even think it was that long maybe like maybe like f- up to 15 minutes or so Yeah, that's where I was thinking but it it just kept building as it went along like it and it was totally believable and again just like old school like style match and, and where everything kind of meant something mm-hmm. and that's man it's really it's a like, there's a lot of wrestling content out there, but sometimes you kind of do lose perspective on that. But uh, this and, and, and also the AZM SLK match, like things that they did, would it would actually have like consequence Mm -hmm. and they kept building towards things. And that's what I kind of really, really liked about, about the the Japanese women's match, but also this match a lot too. It's like things were done logically and they built and they, they got it's like you're you're stacking on top of each other. And that's what I really appreciated. it. Like there was it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to do a move to do a move or do it because it looks cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like everything made sense. And this one, there wasn't like a desperation, but it definitely was like you're tra- these guys building, trying to get momentum and things like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, the one thing that kind of like made me cringe was that there was this weird suplex Tumble to the floor spot, and that looked rough. And Harwood did take a fall where he popped the back of his head on the bottom turnbuckle, which I, I kind of, I was like, ah. But, um, you know, it it turned everybody turned out fine. It's just so good to watch. This
0: like, would probably be like in my top twenty AEW matches, not top ten, but like somewhere between like twelve and twenty. I would find this match in there somewhere. Yeah, it's so
1: good. It really is. And it's not just not just saying this to be like, oh, you dumping on WWE earlier. And now you're you're hyping just some random AEW match like this is seriously really, really good. I mean, no, it's it was good.
0: I mean, we we we've we gave a AEW a beating for like the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we've, we've been more than fair about our.
1: Yeah. Our opinions. Mean, it, but it's just, God, it's really good. It's it's really good. I, I can't even sit here and say, you know, fun to watch. It's just really
0: good.
2: There's kind of like an argument to be made um, that I don't know if he's like trying to wash the taste of his abortive MMA career out of people's mouth, but I think <laughs> Punk, since he has come back to wrestling has been like phenomenal and this year it really like largely on the strength of like the mgf feud but just in general and this dax match is certainly like part of it the, the this dax match he had and the tag match he had with moxley against fdr mm-hmm. uh it his work this year has been like phenomenal to the point where if he continues on this path and we're only like really now into april like we're only a fourth through the year if he continues on this path then by the end of the year it's very quite possible that he would be in the content in the running for like Matt uh wrestler of the year like I absolutely would almost give him that if he continues along this way
0: there's something about AEW though that like really rejuvenates guys and like brings Mm -hmm. out the best of them in the ring I mean there's obviously exceptions to that but like it seems like most guys if they go to AEW like have this, like, renaissance to their work and Well,
2: computer. I mean, I feel like if you would ask that about uh, Dave Meltzer, like, why is that? Like, he would probably argue, because he's argued it before, that it's, like, it's it's a work rate promotion. So, it, logically, it's, like, if, if it's the work rate promotion, then you either, it's sink or swim. You either have to step up your game, or you're not going to get the same opportunities because people are going to see that you can't hang with, you know, the the best guys. And so not that you're going to get shuffled off the car, but you may not be used or you may not be put in like the best, the best
0: I don't know if the I best call views. It a work rate promotion though, because WWE like does like has much more of the trappings of like a work rate promotion now.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: feel like where AEW, like you have to sink or swim is you have to have a creative vision for yourself and a creative voice. And if you right. don't, that's where you get left in the dirt.
1: Because there is so much freedom that is given to you there, you have the control over what you're doing, and it is a just if I was still working and I had designs on on going pro with it that's that would be where I'd want to be that'd be my gold standard because when i when you get there it's like this is me proving you know that i can hang because i not only made it here but you know this is off of the back of you know my ideas and my concepts and that sort of stuff
0: and I just think if you're a good worker um there's five people that are just as good as you like on the entering stuff so you have to either have like a promo like ability or like an idea about your character or storylines you can do that you yeah. can sell to keep yourself in the, in the limelight.
1: Yeah, just being good in the ring doesn't do it anymore. There's got You've got to have something that stands out.
0: Because look at Jungle Boy. They didn't pull the trigger on him till he could start talking.
1: <laughs> well, and I think that they were smart to also just kind of give him some time because, yeah, he's over, and he was always kind of over, but what this did is he matured a little bit. Uh, he wasn't just popular because you know he was a good looking dude on that was in there uh, on TV. He's grown. He's growing into uh, someone who's going to be in the future. So uh, there, it's it's a I think more of an investment in the future. It's like we, we're going to give him some kind of the, how they were with Magnum T A puppy with big paws and he's going to grow into it and um and he has been so,
0: so i would if, if we were throwing snowflakes around um which we don't always do i would probably give both matches four and a half stars
2: uh i don't know that i would rate uh dax and punk that high but i would definitely give it like a four I mean, it's a very good match. Like, you can't really go wrong with it. Yeah, I
1: I would probably say four and a half versus four and a half Dex Harwood, or Punk and Harwood, and then at least four for Kid AZM, but that is just like stylistic preference, as opposed to anything else. Um, and I, you know, I admit that. It's not as much my, uh, not as much my bag, whereas the other one was very much my bag, so.
0: I, I need to watch, like, some of the, the the double shot weekend because I heard the Carry Starlight Kid match is quite good so I'm not willing to throw that match of the year stuff around especially mm-hmm. with like the five star tournament coming around because there's always good matches there like um that AZM Starlight Kid is not going to hold water is like the Stardom match of the year it just won't like they, mm-hmm. they put on too much good stuff in their main events something will overshadow it before the end of the year as good as right. it is. But like if you watch stardom shows like their, their main events are like guaranteed like four star matches at least.
1: Yeah. So, all right guys, was there anything else we wanted to hit for this episode? Nope. I'm good. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, everybody out there. Thank you for joining us for this. Uh, I hope you really, hope you enjoyed it. We had a, these last two matches we had a lot of fun with. So, Uh, If you have requests or if you have anything you'd like for us to talk about, please hit us up on social media. We would love to hear from you. And so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth,
0: and we will catch you next time.